your eyes to the skies. It's time for Spaced Out on 95PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Hello, Josh. Hello there. How's it going? Good, good. Josh from the Stardome. Uh, off here, you're just saying that you guys are officially opening this evening for a couple of shows. Yeah, finally, finally able to open up again. Yeah, we're starting up our shows again tonight, which will be pretty good. And yeah, then for the rest of the rest of the year, pretty much. Nice. What sort of shows have you got on this evening? Um, so we've got our regular like dance shows, but we're also doing um, we're doing a whole bunch of kind of random sci-fi space movies oh, yep. too, that we'll be spreading. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the ones that we missed through the year because we we're meant to do like sci-fi of the month. Um, so we're doing like uh, Star- Starship Troopers. Um, oh, yeah, classic. <laughs> Home Alone 2. So, like, Christmas Home Alone 2? Like, what? Yeah. So, like, yeah, you've got to love that one for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else? There must be Gremlins. Are you doing Gremlins? Um, what else are we doing? We're doing the original Dune, the 1984, uh, yeah. and then also original Blade Runner, the, I think, 1982. Yes. Um, and Love Actually, if you're into that. <laughs> have, you, have you got out and watched the new Dune? No, I haven't yet because I've been waiting for the cinema, which we can now. So yeah, hopefully I can do that soon. Yeah, nice, nice. Now, uh, big, big, big week in news as far as space is concerned. Um, NASA has announced a bunch of astronauts, or t- ten new candidates, out of a a long list of twelve thousand applications. Only ten have managed to um, make the cut. Yeah, so they, um, they had a press conference this morning and they, yeah, they announced and kind of introduced the uh, new 10 astronauts. Um, so yeah, they've been through you know, a year-long process, multiple years, um, to kind of even get to the point of being accepted. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now these, these 10 candidates have now got about two years of training ahead of them. Um, and then from there, they're, yeah, they're going to be official NASA astronauts, which is pretty cool. Out of, the, out of those 12,000, are they just like ordinary members of the public those 12,000 applications or do they all work at NASA and they just aspire to be astronauts yeah so interestingly it's kind of a bit of a mixed bag so a lot of them like a good chunk of the ones chosen a lot of them come from military backgrounds so Mm. um, the Air Force you know Air Force pilots for example who work in the Navy um, and just the Army even so you get a lot of people coming from the military side and then you also get the kind of the more sciencey side. So a lot of these people have, you know, degrees in cosmology and physics and mm. um, biochemistry. So, you know, they're often the ones doing the experiments in space. And then you also have the people that are flying ships and commanding things in space. So there's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, and some of them are both. So. But as a, um, as a role, it's kind of, they are mostly just general public members. A lot of them don't prior work for NASA. Okay. Yeah, crazy. And these, these 10... Are potentially destined to be living on uh, a base on the moon. Yeah, I mean, because we've got now, you know, that two-year process to actually be an astronaut. You know, in two years, that's when the Artemis missions are going to be, you know, ramping up, and we're going to start sending people back to the moon. So it's very likely that a few of these people will be, you know, assigned on things like the space station, and of course, missions to the moon. Um, so yeah, they're, they're probably. You know, it's a really good time to be an astronaut, I think, if you actually want to go to the moon. So, mm. very lucky good people. Nice, nice. I mean, what would they be doing on the moon? Just relaxing? Doing science? Yeah, just, yeah, just filling out, just having a little holiday. <laughs> 
Um, no, just science, really. Just a lot of the science that, you know, we haven't actually done science on the moon with people for, um, you know, 45-ish years. So it's really just uh, do all that science that we've done, mm. not done for so long and learn more about, you know, humans living in space um, for longer duration missions and, yeah, eventually off to Mars. Nice one. Now, Rocket Lab have announced a new rocket, which uh, is kind of slightly how, how would you describe it it's kind of, it's quite funky it's kind of it almost looks like something out of austin powers that dr evil would build uh with the front yeah, opening it, up it to catch like, something else oh totally it's very like sci-fi 1950s mm. type like sketches of what the future thunderbirds looks like. uh go yeah like, totally the thunderbirds, rocket yeah. opens up and something shoots out of it or it catches something out the front um, the, yeah, the, totally, the totally. article you sent through described it as a hungry, hungry hippo rocket <laughs> nose cone. Yeah, yeah, it's got this like mechanism because typically those top parts of the rockets they just like fall off and mm. you know releases whatever. Um, but to save you know to save cost, this is basically gonna like open like a yeah like a hungry hippo kind of thing and then close again um, and then fly back and land. So. It's actually quite an advanced rocket, mm. um, and it kind of it really puts them as a company in direct competition with you know SpaceX because there's really no other um, there's no other company that's come up with um, kind of as solid plans as Rocket Lab has to make a reasonable yacht rocket so far. So mm. I think it's um, it really puts them in a good position in the industry. Is it is it actually catching stuff or is it shooting stuff out of its nose cone? Yes, yeah, so it's sending stuff. So you'll have like a payload in that kind of mm. little hungry hippo mouth. Yeah. That'll send something off and then that'll fly back and then bring that back to... Because, yeah, typically it loses that part of the rocket, which is, yep. you know, that's a loss of money. Um, but it's, re- it's really just cost-saving things, basically. Okay. Nice, nice. Now, uh, the ISS have um, had to can some spacewalks and also that turns out that debris from the Russians blowing up their um, their satellite has actually had uh, an effect on the ISS. Yes, yeah, so, um, they, they had a, a spacewalk that was scheduled, I think it was late, maybe mid-late last week. Um, but yeah, they've obviously been tracking that debris from that ASAT test and yeah, it, it had a really close call at the time they were meant to be doing a spacewalk. So yeah, they, they called off the spacewalk, um, delayed it for a couple of days. They eventually did get it done. Uh, but then more recently, they you know still tracking the same stuff. Um, one of the pieces of you know the rocket that flew up and hit the satellite was, I think it was something like five kilometers or was going to be about five kilometers away from the space station. Yes. Um, now in astronomical terms, that is really really close. So, mm-hmm. You know, if you're five kilometres away from someone on Earth, that's quite far. Um, but in space terms, that's really close, and especially moving at those speeds. Um, so, yeah, they, they actually had to fire the thrusters on the space station for about two minutes um, to push it down, so it lowered its orbit to actually dodge that debris. So, wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And, um, I think NASA's pretty angry with Russia at the moment for that. It's not like a secret, or not-so-secret, Russian ploy to decommission the ISS earlier than planned? Oh, sometimes you think it is, eh? Mm. It just seems like a bit of a movie. <laughs> I mean, what what interest would the, the Russians potentially have in getting rid of the ISS? Because th- they are part of that. Yeah, and I, I think for Russia, it's more that, you know, they, they're paying for the state space station. That's the cost that they have to bear. Mm. And they obviously don't have great relations with America. So, yep. you know, if they, if they had money to build their own space station, I 
don't doubt that they probably would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, if they did have that money, you know, not going to the space station, it's really likely that they would pair with China and they would actually start, yes. um, you know, building their space station because they've already got one up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that kind of ties into the, the other points, which is that you know, NASA's confirmed that the funding for the space station, which goes through to about uh, 2024, it's likely to be 2030. And then after that, it's basically done. So mm-hmm. it's very likely that the space station will be done in about eight, nine years. Then they'll okay. have to deorbit it. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, when it gets yeah, deorbited, does it just burn up in the atmosphere and that's it? Well, that's kind of the problem. It's, it's a massive technical challenge because, I mean, we've deorbited, you know, previous smaller space stations and they burn up and, you know, they are they've always hit the ground or fall into the sea wherever they are um but the space station is massive it's the largest thing we've ever put up there so i think the technical challenge of deorbiting that is much harder than just saying oh let's just push it down and it's going to fall back to earth because it's a massive object and majority of it will probably hit the ground um so yeah i mean they don't they don't really know at this point they might have to kind of deconstruct parts and send them off separately um really not sure but it's probably going to cost a lot of money to actually just deorbit it in the first place wow crazy crazy now josh i mean obviously guys are open at the stardome is there anything else in the near future apart from the movies that people can come and check out or get you know get involved with oh yeah we definitely have a few things on next year i can't quite confirm them just yet um but yeah we're penciling in all of our plans for uh, some astronomical events next year and some new shows, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also some Matariki stuff for public holiday next year, which will be pretty cool. Um, yeah, so watch the space, basically. Unintended. Uh, someone has texted in saying, Josh, have you seen the new spin launch idea? Spin launch? I have, yeah. There's, um, I don't know if it's called spin launch, but this company had this idea of, and I think they're probably going to build it, of like spinning, you know, a rocket on a projectile and then releasing it basically so flinging it into the air you know super supersonic speeds and then eventually when it gets high enough i think it fires its thrusters and goes into space which sounds really crazy but i wouldn't be surprised if they actually built it to be honest (laughs) so you you think it's actually quite a sound idea or Um, i don't know i mean you know everything is sci-fi until we actually build it so you know I, i think the idea of flying rockets and then rockets that flew down to earth and landed seemed sci-fi 10 years ago but it's normal now so who knows nice one nice one all right josh from the stardome just keep an eye out on the stardome website to find out what is coming up and anything else or anything happening in the night sky people should keep an eye out for in the next couple of weeks mm. no not really it's it's been cloudy and rainy so much um yeah not sure <laughs> not a lot all right mate well um we will potentially check in with you in the new year, if not um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Josh, you have a, a great Christmas season, mate. You too. I'll speak to you in a while. Okay, bye. All right, catch you Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. 